Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Tuesday, July the 23rd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, one more roster tweak as we are just two days away from Dolphins football. We'll talk about the addition to the secondary, plus the final positional preview brings us into the safety room. And with rookies officially reported to camp, we'll list the top five rookie seasons in Dolphins history and we'll preview two more opponents for the 2019 season. The Browns and Eagles are up today. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow. It's at WingfieldNFL on Twitter. The number one follow on Dolphins Twitter as voted by Dolphins Twitter. And the show is at LockedOnFins. And you can catch our entire catalog of written content at LockedOnDolphins.com. And that includes the training camp preview guide. Every coach, every player, every position with projections for their role on the upcoming season and this team. Plenty of information in those posts. Check that out. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And check out the Monday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. I was part of that show. And with that, let's go ahead and move right in to first down. That's another Miami Dolphins And with two days away from training camp, the Dolphins made the final, I assume the final move of the offseason, bringing in a cornerback to the roster. This gives the Dolphins 91 players on the active roster. And another reminder that Derval Neto, the Brazilian defensive tackle, the new acquisition this offseason, because of the International Pathway Program, he has roster exempt status meaning that he can be the 91st guy on the roster right now and the 11th practice squad member once the season starts. So with that, the Dolphins had an open roster spot. They add Tyler Patman. Patman was undrafted out of Oklahoma State to the Dallas Cowboys in 2014. He was with the Cowboys and the Dolphins in the 2015 season, just two games with Miami. Then he was out of football in 2016 and wound up with the Jacksonville Jaguars the last two years for 2017 and 2018. He has four Four career starts and one career pick to his credit. Most likely a camp body, but we will see where things go over the next couple of weeks and months as this roster has whittled down from 91 guys down to 53. And with that, we conclude at least as far as the offense and defense goes, because tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about the specialists on this team. But today is the final piece of the defense with the Dolphins training camp guide for the 2019 season up on LockedOnDolphins.com right now. And there was some questions about where I should have put Bobby McCain in this position group relative to the corner back position group and you could ask the same thing about Minka Fitzpatrick of course and I think that one of the buzzwords we're going to have to get used to during this rendition of Dolphins training camp is cross training on the offensive line on the defensive line in the secondary multiple guys are going to feature dual functionality especially at the safety spot because these schematic changes are going to require these guys to support in the run game cover man up on tight ends and slot receivers as well as running backs and play some deep zone coverage There are tons of responsibilities for safeties in this defense, the driving force of a Brian Flores defense. 
One of the two coaching staff holdovers from the Adam Gaze era is Tony Oden, and he operates this room, the safeties coach. He was a defensive backs coach since 1996, and that includes a graduate assistant stop at Brian Flores' alma mater at Boston College. So he is well-versed in the secondary performances. And we get to our first guy on the roster here today, the longest-tenured Dolphin, besides John Denny, Rashad Jones, number 20 himself, Mr. G6 himself from Atlanta, Georgia. He's 31.5 years old on opening day. He still has three years left on that ridiculous contract with $35 million in total and $13 million of that coming down guaranteed. And of course, he was the story of organized team activities with his absence from voluntary workouts. He shows up at mandatory workouts. And if we are to believe what Brian Flores says, apparently these two have a good, solid relationship. And I can see why they might because in this defense, you're going to basically have guys that line up in gaps and linebackers are going to come down and flank those gaps and make it very difficult on the offense to run the ball just based on the way you line up and a big part of that is having your middle linebacker be an excellent tackler and an excellent b-gap to b-gap linebacker we know that Rayquan McMillan is that guy but also a strong safety that can come down and support the run game and there really isn't a better weak side and strong side c-gap run defender than Rashad Jones so he offers a lot of value that way he also is a terrific blitzer where you don't want Rashad Jones is 20 yards off the ball playing single high safety he takes poor angles from there he's not really that great in coverage from there I just wonder what his role is going to be on this team because like I said you have to match up in man coverage not his strongest suit but I do think at the end of the day his run support his blitz prowess and his ability to jump into that hook zone and intercept passes and take them back to the house makes him a 100% snap taker the starting strong safety on this team but of course that strong safety distinction comes with plenty of other responsibilities across the defense. Now, the next guy on this list is the one that caused some consternation among my Twitter following and the Locked On Dolphins podcast respectively, although you guys did. I'm talking about you, Raced, pointing you out here, man. You said that you had to listen to the podcast to go back and wonder where Bobby McCain was on the cornerback podcast. I'm going to put him in here because I do think that he's going to get plenty of run at that third safety position playing that center field, middle of the field safety position that Deron Harmon played in New England. And remember, Deron Harmon was the third safety in New England and he played 60% of the defense's snaps. A lot of times in this defense of Brian Flores, the fifth defensive back to come onto the field, which is essentially your base defense in today's NFL, is a safety. And that's why I think you might have some safety responsibilities for Bobby McCain and Minka Fitzpatrick because do you want Rashad Jones and TJ McDonald as your last lines of defense, neither of those guys are great in coverage. Neither of those guys has top-end speed. McCain can run. Fitzpatrick can run. And that's why I think those guys, in addition to their interchangeability at the slot cornerback position, makes them an ideal candidate to move about those two spots. Don't think about them as number two cornerbacks. You just play your best cornerbacks at their best positions, and everything will work out. As for McCain, he comes into his fifth season here, second year of a five-year contract. He has four years left on that deal for $22 million total and $9 million of that guaranteed. He's 26 years old opening day. Look, McCain was fantastic in 2017, but the injuries, the positional changes, all that led to a down year last season for him. 
but this is one of the unsung heroes and the definite leaders of that locker room for the Miami Dolphins. I think this guy is going to be an integral part of this defense moving forward, and one of the things I'm going to track at training camp are guys that bring the energy, guys that help out the young guys behind them, guys that are sources of knowledge and energy and getting guys fired up to practice. I'm almost certain that Bobby McCain will be atop that list just about every single day. All things told, he's going to play some free safety. He's going to play some slot cornerback. I have him on the field for 85% of the Dolphin snaps this year. And so you have Jones for 100%, McCain for 85%, and that leaves two other safeties on the roster. We're going to come back on the other side and talk about TJ McDonald and Marie Smith. Do they both make the roster? Do they get on the field? We'll discuss that more next. But first, I want to tell you guys about the one product that can keep you on the field at all times. And of course, we are referring to the bedroom as the field. And of course, we're going to talk about Blue Chew. Listen up, guys. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So like a Brian Flores defense, you know they're going to work. You can take them anytime, day or night, nickel, dime, quarter defense, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free today. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. The hard work kicks off just two days from now. We are only two days away from Miami Dolphins training camp, but we continue on this week, the final week of off-season podcast. We have made it through the dead period, through the tough times for all football fans everywhere, and we continue on with the final part at least as far as the positional groups go, of the training camp guide series. Again, we're going to have the specialists on tomorrow's show, but we wrap up the safeties today by talking about the backups, or I suppose the potential sub-package parts of this defense on the back end. And we start here with a third-year Dolphin, six years in the NFL, TJ McDonald, and he is really at the last year of the guaranteed money from that contract. And that's probably why he's back on this team, because frankly, I just don't see the role for him in this defense. And you look at what Mark Barron did coming out of Alabama several years back. He transitioned from a safety into more of a dollar linebacker type, a sub-package linebacker who could cover and maybe assist in the ground game, but mostly wasn't going to be on the field for any running plays. That's kind of where I think McDonald might have to go in this defense because he's not going to cover straight up in man coverage. He's not going to play the back end and single high looks, two deep looks for that matter. He's 28.4 years old. He has three years left on that deal, 17 million total, but only the 3.6 million guaranteed 
speed this year. He's going to have to really carve out a niche role on this roster to be here long term. I do think he's going to be a sub package player on this team. The third safety, a dime linebacker, a dollar linebacker, if you will, and possibly a 60% snap taker because look, we got to have three safeties play over half the snaps on this defense. That's just what the scheme calls for. I think that's what they'll do, especially when you consider the linebacker depth and the lack of depth at that position. The final guy here is Maurice Smith, a guy that I've kind of banged the table for in the past, especially with the lack of depth at the position. But I think that time may have come and gone. He's 24.3 years old opening day, has a one-year $645,000 contract this year if he makes the roster. But it's difficult to assess his value because he never really got onto the field. And that truthfully could be an indictment of incompetent coaching, but he plays best as the robber, the guy over the middle of the field that can dislodge footballs and step in front of those intermediate passes. And that's kind of the same thing as McDonald and Jones. I thought his preseason last year was very good, but the Dolphins have acquired 10 players in the secondary since Smith arrived. I think he has an uphill battle to fend off all those newcomers for a job on this defense. I have him getting cut at the end of training camp. So this safety position Again, it's going to be fluid. It's going to have TJ McDonald, Rashad Jones, Bobby McCain, Minka Fitzpatrick, probably even some Eric Rowe back there. You might see an in-season signing or a late camp signing with guys like Trey Boston available out there. I just wonder what's going to happen with Rashad Jones. He is the most intriguing story in this secondary, on this defense, and perhaps on this team in 2019. So we'll see where he winds up. This group, I thought, needed some more bodies in the draft or in free agency. They didn't go that route. They could come back at it next year, but we're going to see more safeties come down the line in the Brian Flores era here in Miami if they want to find a way to win football games and get this defense going in the direction that they want to be if they are going to be the competitive force they want to be in a couple of years. And with that, let's go ahead and spin it forward and jump back into our 2019 opposition previews and stop on the Week 12 opponent today, the Cleveland Browns. Another 1 o'clock kickoff. The game is on November the 24th up in Cleveland. And you guys know how I feel about this Browns team. And it all starts with the quarterback that wakes up feeling dangerous, as cliche and as annoying as that saying has become. Baker Mayfield is a total problem for the defense he faces. So advanced in the fine details, the mechanics, the processing, he knows how to manipulate a defense post-snap as well as anybody I've seen, and that's why I was as high on him as any quarterback coming out in recent years, and I think he's only going to continue that ascension that we saw last season, and now he has a loaded skill set across the board, but man, I just don't care too much for either Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Not my style of athlete, not my style of person, but you have to commend how hard they work on their respective games and crafts. Both those guys are going to bring it. They're both damn good at their jobs. I'm curious to see how they handle the fact that there is only one football and if there is some drama that boils over from a couple of weeks where maybe one of them gets fewer targets than they were hoping for. And those matchups in the secondary against the Dolphins are going to be heavyweight fights. Landry on Fitzpatrick in the slot, sign me up for that. X on Beckham out wide, that's just as much fun. Now the biggest issue with this offense for Miami is going to be the tight end position. David Njoku is ready for a breakout season if he hasn't already had it, and I don't know who the hell's going to match up with him there. The offensive line for the Browns is a question, but again, so was the Dolphins' pass rush. On defense for Cleveland, there's another heavyweight bout on that side of the ball, Miles Garrett versus Laramie Tunzel, and I think that Browns' defensive line outside of Miles Garrett with Larry Okunjobi, Sheldon Richardson, and 
Olivier Vernon, former Dolphin, could give this Dolphins offensive line some issues of their own. The Dolphins are going to have to throw disguise coverages at Mayfield, successfully run the football, and get some takeaways because, frankly, they just aren't talented enough to keep up with this Browns team, especially on the road. And the most astounding Warren Sharp metric here for the Browns team, Mayfield posted a 6.4 yards per attempt, 76.1 passer rating, and 36% success rate. While Hugh Jackson was at the controls, the completely utterly incompetent Hugh Jackson. And then once they go to Freddie Kitchens, Mayfield jumps to a 8.1 yards per attempt clip, a 103 passer rating, and a 50% success rate. Major jumps across all categories there. On the road against a team that figures to be in the thick of their own divisional race, a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, and a team that I believe could go to the Super Bowl this year. I just can't take the Dolphins in this game. I think it's going to be a convincing victory for the home team and a humbling loss for our Miami Dolphins. But what about the following game? Week 13, back home at Hard Rock Stadium on December the 1st, another one o'clock kickoff, and perhaps the most loaded roster the Dolphins are going to face on their schedule this year. And it all starts with Carson Wentz. We know that. And I think he's ready to really recapture that 2017 form when he was the league's MVP before that knee injury tore up the entirety of that left knee. The Eagles, they just get it in terms of roster building, drafting Andre Dillard when you've already got Lane Johnson and Jason Peters on the roster. That tells you where they are in terms of the value on their roster they currently have. They add that skill set to Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Stephon Wisniewski on the inside. They've got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard at tight end. Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar. They bring back Deshaun Jackson. They draft J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. They've got Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Josh Adams, Corey Clement. I don't know about you guys, but you might not need a blue chew after talking about this offense on paper. And on defense, they still have some shortcomings in the secondary. They nailed the Avante Maddox pick last year for their nickel cornerback position. Malcolm Jenkins remains in elite safety in this league. I will be really curious to see how Sidney Jones from the University of Washington tearing his ACL back at his pro day a couple years back, how he bounces back from the injury and getting acclimated into into this roster, into the lineup after a tough season last year, and keep an eye on him for the Dolphins next year in the offseason on the open market. But my goodness, this team is deep up front. You've got Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Vinnie Curry, Brandon Graham, Timmy Jernigan, just loaded all across the board. Let's Let's just go ahead and put it this way. This is going to be a very difficult two-game stretch for the Dolphins. A couple of sharp notes here for the Eagles. The early down success rate that Warren Sharp uses, the metric that we keep using on this podcast, correlates with winning more than any stat in football besides turnover differential. And according to Sharp, in 2017 with Carson Wentz, the Eagles ranked top 10 in EDSR both on offense and on defense. They were one of just two teams that could say that. And in 2018, before Wentz got hurt, they were in that same boat once again with two other teams also being able to lay claim to that accomplishment. Now, the Eagles won the EDSR battle in 10 out of 11 starts by Carson Wentz last year. He's an elite quarterback, and I think it's asinine that anybody would suggest otherwise. The injuries are, of course, a concern, but anything else that disparages Carson Wentz just doesn't make a lot of sense. In what many considered to be a down year for Wentz last year, he ranked 13th all-time for third-year quarterbacks in yards per attempt. After the Browns get done with the Dolphins, the Eagles come to town the next week and take care of the Dolphins as well and continue a brutal stretch of games, a brutal losing streak now as we are going back, I think, four consecutive losses in my predictions on this Dolphins schedule in 2019. 
But with that, let's end this podcast with a positive note. We've got rookies in camp, and to honor the fact that we do have rookies in training camp right now, we're going to go over the top five Dolphins rookie season seasons of all time here next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Linkfield NFL at Locked On Fins. The rookies were officially in Davie on Monday, but I ran out of time on that podcast to do this segment, so I pushed it into today, Tuesday here, July 23rd on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and if you guys haven't done so yet, go back and check out Monday's edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. I did an episode with the host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And we discussed the value of today's running back in the NFL. We talked about the eight new head coaching hires and ranked them in terms of who's going to be successful and who is not going to have success. And spoiler alert, Adam Gaze was on the not successful list and Brian Flores was on the successful list. So a little bit of bias there perhaps, but I do truly believe those things. We will see in a few years down the line. And one segment that they had me talk about that I really didn't want to do because you guys know how I do this podcast was the Tyreek Hill issue. And I don't, you know, this is a football podcast and I know that it has to do with football, especially on the NFL landscape, but you talk about Tyreek Hill in a negative fashion and you're going to get responses from Chiefs fan that say you're dumb and don't know the whole details of the story. It's just really weird to me that we stand up for guys that aren't deserving of our recognition like that because they wear the same football helmet that we root for. It's a really, really strange dichotomy, and I wish that it wasn't like that. I wish you didn't have to blindly support your guys, even if they're committing heinous crimes or being accused of horrible, horrible allegations. If it's true or not, whatever, but the thing is, is I don't think we should be so quick to defend guys that have these types of charges and accusations on the record. And if it happens like that to a Dolphins player in the near future, I will go ahead and make a fair judgment based upon the information we have from reports and that type of thing. I'm not going to support a guy just because he wears the Miami Dolphins logo. All right, let's get off that topic and talk about the top five rookie seasons in team history. And I want the help of older Dolphins Twitter. If you can, give me some names from the older teams before I was born because frankly, I don't have access to a lot of that information. So I'm going to start here with number five. We go back to 1994, Tim Bowens. One of the team's most dominant interior defensive linemen of all time to pick up three sacks and 54 total tackles from that position is ridiculous, but it's really more about the stories you hear from older Dolphins alum that tell you about how dominant Tim was week in and week out. You basically don't mess with Tim if you want to live. He played all 16 games. He started 15 of them. He forced two fumbles and had his second highest approximate value of his career in that rookie season, a stat from Pro Football Reference that measures your effectiveness each year in the NFL. Number four, I went back to 2008 and took Jake Long, the number one overall pick that year in the NFL draft. He instantly solidified the blindside position for the last Dolphins team to win an AFC East division title. And according to Pro Football Reference, 2008 was the second best season of Jake Long's career. It was a damn shame how injuries took away basically his effectiveness, those shoulder issues. You can't play offensive line if you've got shoulder issues. And Jake had a myriad of problems, including chronic shoulder pains that eventually took him to Los Angeles, or I guess St. Louis with the Rams. He left Miami and just continued down that path of getting hurt and being less effective than he was the first two or three years in Miami. But 2008, his rookie season, he was sensational. Number three, 
We stay on the offensive line here and go back into the early 1990s, 1990 in fact to be exact, Richmond Webb, a 16-game starter, a pro bowler as a rookie. He locked down the all-important position of Dan Marino's blindside for the stretch run of Dan Marino's career once he got a little bit older and a little bit less mobile than he already was to begin his career. So number three, Richmond Webb in 1990. Number two, 1996, Zach Thomas, a fifth-round draft pick, comes out and takes Jack Del Rio's job, gets Jack Del Rio on the unemployment line, forces him into coaching, and proves Jimmy Johnson to be right with a stellar rookie season picks up 154 combined tackles ridiculous three interceptions two forced fumbles two fumble recoveries he scored a touchdown and had two sacks that's unreal production from a linebacker much less a fifth round rookie in the NFL that year so Zach Thomas number two and number one who else would it be the 1983 rookie quarterback, Dan Marino, 20 touchdown passes that year in nine games, a 6.8% touchdown clip, six interceptions that season, 2% of his passes picked off that year. He threw at 7.5 yards per attempt, and he had a 96 passer rating that year. He took just 10 sacks in nine games. He went 7-2, and two, won the division, went 12-4 and four overall that year for the Dolphins, and they got bounced at home to an underdog in the divisional round in the Seattle Seahawks. He made the Pro Bowl that year, and to this day, Dan Marino remains the last Dolphins quarterback to play in the All-Star game. That part is difficult. That part pains us. Chad Pennington, 2008, didn't make the cut. We go back to 1995 as the last time a Dolphins quarterback was in the Pro Bowl. So please reach out to me on Twitter at NFL and correct me if I'm wrong on this list of five guys. Dan Marino, Zach Thomas, Richmond Webb, Jake Long, and Tim Bowens as the top five rookie seasons in Dolphins history. You guys know I'm a bit on the younger side, so I don't have the intimate knowledge of the rookies from the glory days of this franchise But I also know that Don Shula didn't really have time for most rookies every single year of his career. So it's an interesting debate. Let me know what you think. And that is a great note to end today's show on. A reminder of our content coming down the pipeline. Tomorrow we have the specialist, the kicker, the punter, the long snapper, including the GOAT, John Denny. We'll go over that position group, talk about Danny Crossman, the new coach of that unit. We're going to have the game-by-game predictions on tomorrow's podcast as well. And we'll have the entirety of the training camp guide piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com. All 11 parts. You guys can get familiar with the Dolphins players. Basically, an accumulation of the entire off-season content put into one piece with 11 links there. And Thursday, we're going to have two podcasts in the morning. Your Twitter questions via the Twitter mailbag on the Locked On Dolphins podcast mailbag. So get those questions in. The tweet is already out. As for today's show... That is going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We're going to talk to you again tomorrow for another edition ahead of training camp of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up.